Hey folks, welcome back to the Ronin Rabbit, a Usagi Ojimbo fan podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore, and in this episode, as with most episodes, there will be spoilers. Now, for those of you that want to uh, get in touch with me, you can email me at usagipodcast at gmail.com. Leave a comment on the website, bigtimenoise.com slash Rabbit. On Twitter, Teal Productions will get your 140-character message to me. Actually, it's longer than that now. What is it? 260? Something like that. And on Facebook, you can find posts on the Usagi Yojimbo page and the Usagi Yojimbo Dojo pages when the episodes go live. Usagi Yojimbo Volume 4, Issue 6 from IDW, cover dated November 2019, which is the actual anniversary month for Usagi, First appearing in Thoughts and Images, Albedo Anthropomorphics Number 2 from 1984. The same story, as a matter of fact, is what Mr. Sakai has given us, the Goblin of Adashigahara. However, that eight-page, I believe it was eight pages, original story has been expanded to, what, 22? I don't know if they're 22, 3... Four, 24 pages. So it's been fleshed out more than a little bit. Story opens with Usagi. First, first, let me say, I am holding my Ryan Brown cover copy of the book. This cover is probably one of the best, if not my favorite, Usagi covers from any book that I have uh, seen. And certainly one of the best of those covers that I own. Speaking of covers that I own... Eight covers, I believe, have been announced for this issue. Uh, I personally have three of those. I have two on the way in the mail as we speak. One cover has not been officially released, but we know what it's going to look like. One cover I'm going to pass on, and another I'm kind of waffling on, I think. So So that is the Usagi variant cover update portion of the show. The story opens up with Usagi wandering, seemingly, as as most stories will open. Um, I think it's kind of the fall of the year we see leaves. Uh, I would be interested to know if these leaves have any other meaning than trying to get that to us. Um, There is another cover, or a cover, no, the next cover of issue 7 I have seen also has leaves like that. And I wonder if that is some thing of uh, uh, tail lorish kind of or if there's a, a meaning to those leaves floating across the cover that we're supposed to pick up on that I'm not aware of but Usagi is overlooking a large plane hmm okay there we go and as he's walking down onto the plane he starts to kind of look around and then we see him reach up to his head and his head tip down a little bit as we go into the dream sequence yeah sorry I'm in one of those kind of moods today. But it is Usagi remembering um, his participation in the great battle between Lord Hikiji, bad guy, and Lord Mifune, good guy, who Usagi is with. He's on Mifune's side. And we have the next page. It starts about halfway down this page, the battle scenes as Usagi is remembering. Then the next page we have what is this, 16 panels of, of battle images as Usagi is fighting and giving orders and just the chaos and the mayhem that he's in the midst of. The colors go from brownish and greenish, you know, autumn kind of colors 
to grays and dull blues and blacks. And, you know, you definitely get a different feeling of the setting for these images, particularly juxtaposed. Uh, just as the tide starts to turn against Lord Hikiji, some of Mufuni's people are called in under the command of Lord Toda. Unfortunately, Lord Toda turns traitor and starts fighting for Hikiji against Mufuni's forces when he was supposed to be on Lord Mufuni's side. Turns the tide completely of the battle. Lord Mufuni and all of his servants are defeated. At the end, to prevent his lord from ultimate disgrace, which is to take you, you took the head of your foe and paraded him around on a pike, showing that you had you had dispatched this person. Usagi goes to the downed Lord Mufuni and takes his head with him to prevent his head from falling into evil hands. Um. Usagi finally makes his way through the battle after coming, yes, coming face to face with Lord Hikiji and nearly losing himself but being able to fight his way through the forces as one of Hikiji's men yells out, yeah, he's a berserker because he is so intent on getting away with this treasure uh, that he has. Uh, treasure, of course, I, I use lightly. I'm not sure how much you would treasure the head of a person that you loved, uh, you know. Anyways, so, uh, Usagi returns to himself here, and we see him continue walking on aimlessly, poor, perhaps with direction, perhaps we don't know. Uh, I would say aimlessly. He's wandering as if he is familiar, but not necessarily paying attention to what he's doing, if, if you know what I mean, I think is what's going on. And he finds himself and recognizes a familiar place. It is the rock under which he buried his former Lord Mufuni's head to keep it from falling into the wrong hands. And as he realizes where he is, he bows very, very lowly, um, almost supplanting a, a, a supine posture on the ground. Usagi says, Lord Mufuni, I have returned. Though I have been tempted, I have always remained loyal. I have not entered into another Lord's service, but circumstances and personal relationships have changed. I ask to be released from my vows to you. Now, this little series of scene uh, has caused some discussion in fandom as to trying to place this story. Is it now? And Usagi reflects back. Or is this just, in my mind, a retcon, to use a superhero comic term, of the original Adashigahara tale, which I believe is what it is. It is us looking back once again at that point in Usagi's time and seeing it then, watching it then as it occurred. That's, that's what I think is happening. Um, circumstances and personal relationships have changed. That just alludes to the fact that since last he was with Lord Mifune, he was a retainer. Mifune was alive. It was prior to the battle at the plains of Adashigahara, in my mind. And so it is some period of time that we are seeing this actual scene after that. And so that time frame in between those two is what, in my mind, Usagi is referring to. Now, 
since this story first came out in our time, in real time, till now in real time, uh, which would be up to issue, we'll say issue five, the issue previous to this. Uh, many circumstances and personal relationships have changed for Usagi, as we have witnessed. But I believe this is reference to those things that occurred in between our looking in on Usagi's story. Um, so, and actually, we never have looked into the actual battle of Adashigahara. I believe that has always been uh, Usagi thinking or speaking on it or something like that. So it's in hindsight. It's not an actual time jump that we're there. Again, in, in my impression. But uh, he jumps up because he, he feels, he realizes something is there. Something's watching. Uh, I don't know if I heard a sound or saw something out of the corner of my eye. Or But he's looking around. Eh, there's nothing there. Uh, he was so spooked um, that he perhaps, yeah, he unsheaths his sword. Because in... Um, supplanting himself to Lord Mufuni, he had taken his sword out and laid it on the ground as you would do showing that, you know, I'm not doing anything. But he picked it up and unsheathed it. This spook that he felt, heard, smelled, touched, tasted, you know, whatever. Um, he doesn't see it. And he says, well, I, I guess I was imagining things. And he sheathes his sword. Starts to snow a little bit, little, little, little bit. And he realizes, well, I need to get going and find shelter. Well, a couple panels later, boy, it has snowed. Or he has walked into it, one or the other. Now he is completely bundled up between, beneath his casa and underneath his mino. As he's wandering, he sees a hut here in the distance. He walks to it. He bows down at the front door and speaks loudly. Excuse me, may I shelter here? He doesn't knock. He just speaks out, which I thought was just kind of cool. Uh, an older woman uh, that he will refer to here shortly as grandmother... Um, opens the door, and Grandmother is an honorific. It's not... Okay. Um, it would be my honor, Samurai. Enter and be my guest. So, now that means that if Usagi was a vampire, of course, he could cross the threshold. Yeah, okay, I'm joking again. Sorry. Uh, he says, I am called Miyamoto Usagi, as he looks up and tips his hat up so she could see his eyes, but then he has to remove it down over his face and sets it aside. He sets it aside. He has taken his cloak off. He's taken some really cool... Uh, boots off, you know. Nowadays you would call them Uggs, but um, I just now noticed this. I didn't get a chance to look up to see what the term for this style looks like. They might be cloth boots over his feet rather than his normal wooden block shoes that he wears. We have a discussion here. Usagi asks, are you alone, Grandmother? She says, yes, my husband, a two-swordman like yourself, was killed at the Battle of Adashi Plain near here. I'm sorry, I'm calling it the Battle of Adashigahara. The battle was at the Adashi Plain. The goblin is from Adashigahara. So, excuse that confusing of the two. Adashi Plain was the, the battle. Um, I myself was at that battle, Usagi says. Our forces would have been victorious if it were not for the betrayal of a trusted general. And the grandmother continues, I was surprised to find you at my door, Usagi-san. There are many ghosts wandering the mountains, and those more than ghosts. Usagi says, more than ghosts, as he is eating the rice that the grandmother has proffered him to bolster his getting warm and the homeliness of the environment he's in. There's a goblin that haunts the mountains around Adashi Plain. Do you not fear the goblin, he says? She says, no, I don't fear. It's not my karma 
to be killed by this goblin. Oh, but you must be tired. Sleep in the futon bed in the next room, she offers. She opens the door and shows him the next room. Thank you, Usagi says. Uh, several panels, you know, Usagi sleeping. And then a panel from up the hill, like uh, maybe behind the hut, we see this creature. And then the next panel, we see the creature face to, uh, from the front. And it looks like a very uh, transmogrified kind of rhino creature thing in samurai armor but it's like got growths or rot on its flesh so it has kind of a model kind of look raised kind of effect on it and it crashes through the back of the house and falls on the sleeping pallet and shreds it but usagi's not there off to the side he says so you finally reveal yourself I am miyamoto usagi former bodyguard to lord mafuni what sort of creature are you and the creature is kind of squatting down, kind of toadish, with its forearms on its its fists on the ground between its legs, kind of squatting. And it says, "Do you forget your comrades so quickly, Usagi?" And Usagi exclaims, "What?" And the creature laughs, and then Usagi looks at it for a minute, and then wide-eyed announces, "No, it can't be Toda." And at this point, the creature attacks and really has its way with Usagi. Slams him against a wall, uh, pounces on him, and is about to, you know, rend him when Grandmother steps in the way and says, No, stop! And Toda smacks her away with a whack, giving Usagi time to counterattack with a hia and a slash across one of his eyes. Uh, probably blinding it, it looks like. Let me look and see if he... Yeah, he had both eyes, so now he is only has one good eye. Usagi now, collected, stands his ground. I've gotten over my shock, traitor. How did you become what you are? And we see the, the story here, um, which is kind of a different story that the grandmother tells us at the end. After Lord Hikiji's victory, I expected great rewards, but he was furious because he had been denied Lord Mafuni's head. He took his rage out on me and had me beaten and cast out. No other lord would accept a traitor into his service, so I wandered these mountains on a mission. It all began with Lord Mafuni, and I will get my due, as he attacks Usagi again, this time uh, throwing him through the wall. One of the remaining complete walls, that is. Uh, Usagi falls and loses his sword. Toda jumps on him and looks like he is going to squish his head like a like you would a lemon to juice it. And as Usagi is about to give up the ghost, we see a gurgle and then we see the dot 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 where it's like, you know, it's a, it's, it's a feeling rather than a sound. Toda says, once I finish with you, I will retrieve Mafuni's head to present to Lord Akiji uh, because he said... Toda did during the fight that he had seen where the head was buried. And so that's who Usagi had sensed when he was at the burial for Lord Mafuni's head. And Usagi, uh, with the last vestige of his energy, what? No! And he draws his wakazashi and he slices, or he, he, he penetrates through one of the arms of Toda, causes him to back up, bleeding onto the snow. Um, Toda attacks, he charges, Usagi stabs him in the chest, but then with the mighty backhand uh, that he delivered on Grandmother earlier. Toda knocks Usagi, you know, however many feet yards away, crumpling in the snow, the sword once again lying off to the side. As Toda, a second time or a third time or an eighth time, is about to pounce and finish it, Usagi reaches his wakasashi, and with a mighty slash, 
we don't know exactly where, somewhere across the front. He deals the final blow to Tota enough to kill him. Grandmother rushes out and screams, Husband! And Usagi is taken aback, much disheveled from his recent battle, I might add. You are Lady Tota? And she goes into the explanation, Usagi-san, forgive me for deceiving you. My husband did not die in the Battle of Adachi Plain, as I told you. To turn against one's lord is an unforgivable sin, but not to be rewarded for it was too much for him to bear. He wandered these mountains for months, and I, as a faithful samurai wife, followed him in exile until we found this abandoned hovel. He believed Lord Hikiji would take him into his service and reward him if he found Lord Mafuni's head. Each night, my husband went out alone in search of the hiding place, and each dawn he returned with a little less of his humanity. One morning, he never returned at all. His anger and his hatred turned him into a goblin, preying on the lives of wanderers like yourself. You have avenged your lord, Usagi-san. Now slay me for my deceit. And Usagi says, no. You're a loyal samurai wife, even if the one you were loyal to was evil. I have been dealing with the question of loyalty myself. Now, see, that tells me that it is very recent that all of this occurred with the battle and everything like that. Because having lost his lord, he would be questioning what he should or is loyal to. So, to me, that was the key piece that said this was just a retelling of that old tale rather than a modern occurrence in similar vein to that old tale. You are released from your blind loyalty, Lady Tota. Have a call a priest and have him perform the Sigaki service for the repose of your husband's tortured soul. And then he wanders off. Um, it's probably still at night here. Wanders off to continue his, his pilgrimage. Now, the um, Sigake is the feeding of the hungry ghost, which is a Japanese Buddhist ritual to stop the suffering of a hungry ghost. And hunger, here, I, I guess he is hungering, he is thirsting for revenge, and that revenge, that, that hunger is what kept him, uh, what remained of his humanity alive, but also allowed this uh, Sokai, maybe this spirit, to come in and inhabit him that turned him into this creature. Mr. Sakai uh, writes the story notes for us this issue. Welcome to Usagi Yojimbo's 35th anniversary issue. Usagi made his first appearance in Albedo No. 2 from Thoughts and Images in November 1984 in an eight-page story titled The Goblin of, Agadashi, of Adashigahara. Excuse me. I revisited that story 35 years later, adding more background motivations and character development. There really is an Adashi Plain in Fukushima Prefecture in northern Honshu, but I don't know if there was ever a battle there. I first read about it in the story The Onibaba, the demon hag of Adashigahara. As the story goes, one violent stormy night, a priest named Yuki and his entourage asks to spend the night in an old woman's hut, the only habitation in the area. At first, she declines their request, but after they implore to allow them to stay, she agrees. Late that night, she goes out to gather firewood, but first makes them promise not to look in her bedroom. One of Yukai's followers cannot help himself, though, and peeks in and discovers a pile of corpses. They realize she's an ogre that has been terrorizing the area. When she returns, she is outraged that they have discovered her secret and transforms herself into the ogre and chases the group. Yukai and his followers pray with all their might, and the ogre weakens and vanishes in the snow. Uh, a few changes here and there, and that became the very first Usagi story and set the tone for the entire series. 
I also like the name Adashigahara, as it's similar to Sekigahara, where the famous battle was fought in 1600. That was a turning point in Japanese history and led Eashu Tokugawa being proclaimed shogun or military dictator of Japan. The Tokugawa shogunate would last until the Meiji restoration in 1868 when power was returned to the emperor. As I said, I don't know if there was ever a battle there, but this there is the Adashigahara Furusato village there. It's an educational open theme park, a rural life museum, and I'm throwing up the quotes, but of course you can't see them, with a farmer's hut and a washi house where you can make traditional paper. Nearby is the Korozuka, the tomb of the Onibaba, and the Iwaya, the remnants of her hut. Um, Stan also tells us the cover for this story is also a, and that's issue six, the standard A cover, is also a recreation of that cover from Albedo 2, although updated to my current style. To those of you who are longtime readers, thank you for your support. Without you, Usagi would not be celebrating this landmark. To those who are new readers, thank you for picking up this book. I hope you enjoy it and will stay for a long time. And he shows us the cover here, which also... His wife, Julie Sakai, did a chibi variant for as one of the variants. And this cover somehow is also foiled as a variant cover, but I have yet to see how it's foiled in, in what way, what color foil or anything like that. So I'm not sure how that looks itself. So I believe that's everything. Uh, the Kasa and the Mino, Sigaki. Okay. Oh, uh, I did want to tell folks, those of you that may be new uh, to the show, welcome. Uh, new to Usagi, particularly as of this new volume of his book from IDW, this original story, um, as I said and as Stan said, first appeared in Thoughts and Images, uh, Albedo Anthropomorphics. Albedo Anthropomorphics, that's the name of the book. Issue number two, cover dated uh, 1984. It has since be, been reprinted several times. Uh, it was reprinted in the Usagi Ojimbo Summer Special that was dated 1986 from Fantagraphics. Also, Usagi Ojimbo Book 1, The Ronin, is the first collected edition of those first bunch of Usagi stories from Fantagraphics. Now, it has been reprinted many times in soft and hardcover. And in looking quickly, at least the hardcover is still in print, which probably means that the softcover is still in print, too. Those rights are with Fantagraphics. So when you look that up, it's Fantagraphics Usagi Ojimbo Book 1. Now, that's going to be important here in a moment. Um, also, all of Fantagraphics books, they reprinted in a two-volume set called the Usagi Ojimbo The Special Edition. Uh, I believe that was in soft and hardcover. I have the hardcover uh, first printing of that, I believe. And so there have been multiple printings of that. That also is still in print. Now, in April of 2020, IDW will collect the first seven issues of this volume that I am speaking on now, titled Usagi Ujimbo Volume 1. Okay, very similar, but it will be from IDW, and in it will be this issue six, and so you will have this new um, expanded version of the tale, the Goblin of Adashigahara. And there may be other places that I just was not able to uh, dig out, but Fantagraphics has the first story rights, 
and IDW this expanded story rights. So when you go to look for them, those would be, that's where I would start my search on Google with the publisher name. So uh, that way, those of you that, you know, want the original, um, if you don't already possess it, which those are actually that, no, those two albedo, the first two albedo appearances are the only um, Usagi books that I don't possess. I have his appearances in, I think, everything else that I have been able to dig out that he was in, as well as all his own books. But not those first two. They, uh, particularly that first appearance in Albedo 2, are rather uh, pricey, if I might, might say. All right, guys. That's all for me. Next issue, issue 7, we see the return of some... Um, friends of Usagi. Not exactly sure in what context, but we will see shortly. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being there. Thank you for being a fan of uh, Usagi Ujimbo. 35 years is a long time if nobody liked it, so obviously there are enough of us that do. I will speak to you guys again about issue 7 next time, or actually next next time. Ciao. The Ronin Rabbit Podcast is a Teal Production and as such, is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution, non-commercial, non-derivatives, 3.0, unported license.